Hi, and welcome to another Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell. And I'm Mike Kidwell. So, Dad, what are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to talk about where our heart really is. So you look at a lot of different areas where people spend their time and um, especially their money, and you can tell where their heart really is. Um, Jesus in the Bible talks about it, and we're going to read it in just a second. But wherever a person's heart is, um, is, is usually where he's spending most of his time, um, most of his energy, and most of his thoughts. And so um, a lot of people have been pursuing, you know, the holy life and living set apart for God. And when you do that, a lot of times you're um, eternally focused, not um, this focused on this world. So when you're focused on this world and the desires of this world and the riches of this world, a lot of times um, you're focused on the temporary things that they're just going to go away one day. But really today we want to think about what we can do to store up things eternally. So um, we're going to do that by talking about first baseball and um, the average salaries that people get paid these days and kind of compare them to back in the sixties and so on. And um, then I'll, I'll, we'll just show you where we're going to go from there. Yeah. So I looked this up, and the highest-paid MLB player for 2022 will earn $43.3 million for this season. Wow. And it's a three-year deal worth $130 million. Man. Yeah, that's a lot of money to be playing baseball. That's a lot of bank. And so um, I also looked up, just to compare, the average salary for a um, no, typical American based on median salary um, is 54132 for last year. Man, that's a big difference. Yeah. That's a huge difference. You know, and, and I know that this podcast is um, called A Pitch Towards Holiness because we always try to work through the parallels of baseball and holy living. So uh, a lot of... You guys that listen are baseball fans or sports fans, and so we really like to to talk about those things. But um, why do you think there's such a big difference in salaries there? <laughs> um, to be honest, I really don't know because it used to be where people just played for the fun of the game, but. Nowadays, more and more, you just see like these outrageous contracts being signed, and they seem to just be throwing more and more money towards all these players. So, <clears throat> I, I I don't have a good answer for that. Well, let's work through it. Where does the money come from? Um, the owners. Okay, where do they get the money from? The fans, I guess. Okay, so in essence. Whenever we go by and we, we buy tickets for baseball games, we buy shirts and hats and all the other things that, that the um, team stores have and the, the baseball teams can offer, we're supporting a team. Would you agree? Right. Okay. And in essence, that's where they get the capital, the money, 
to spend on these large contracts. So it's kind of like a supply and demand. And I'm not here trying to get anybody to quit watching baseball or quit buying baseball stuff, but it is eye opening to see where people's treasures are and where their hearts are. Because like you said, people used to play just for the love of the game. Um, I think that's why I enjoy the college football sport much more than the the NFL sport Mm -hmm. because in college, I know that they've made some changes here recently, but still by and by in college, they're playing for the love of the game. Yeah, because now they have that name, image, and likeness to where they can start making money off of their name and stuff. Yes. Which all in all is a good thing for the players, but I still think it'll uh, limit some people. Um, when it comes to how much they give towards their effort on the ball field. Yeah, I, I do too. Whenever you have some kind of a um, pay-for-play, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to give their best because once they have that pay um, and they've <laughs> tasted it and they've seen that they can get paid for their talent on a baseball field or a football field or mm-hmm. a basketball court, um, they just naturally, it's human nature, but they naturally don't play as hard. Right. Um, you see it happen all over sports with players that are in a contract year. They'll be, um, have, they'll have a so-so year, a mediocre year, and then they'll be in a contract year where a team has a choice to sign them or, um, release them. And all of a sudden they play like gangbusters and they're, lighten up the scoreboard and you know they're they're the best in the class and they could have always done that but a lot of times money is a motivator for these sports athletes right and so if we go back and look babe ruth when he first started playing in the um mlb was only making six hundred dollars a year Okay, so what was the average? What what year was that? This is 1874. 1874. I wonder what the average yearly income was that year. You know, I, I bet you it'd probably be hard to find out. But um, how much did Babe Ruth make for that year? $600. $600. And so um, I found the average income for 1960 which is 17934 Okay, and I, I know that, you know, um, cost of living just rises year after year, so it's all a little bit different, translates right. different over time. But um, as, you, as you can see, it's pretty obvious that the sports athletes, um, you know, from the 70s, really it started in the 80s where these contracts started just getting really... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out of control. Yeah, because, I mean, in the 60s, the average American was only making $5,600 a year. Wow. Which is still a decent margin of difference from the average athlete's yearly salary. And I'm not saying that these guys don't deserve to get paid. It just um, shows you where their heart is um, because... Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Right. Um, the, that comes straight out of the Bible. But let's read here in in Matthew 6, verse 19. Um, this is Jesus talking. Whenever Jesus is talking, I think it's 
important for us to really take a look at what he's saying and really consider what he's saying. And so he says in verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth or rust can corrupt it, and where there's thieves that can break in and steal it. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust can corrupt it, and where thieves can't break in and steal it. (coughs) For wherever your heart is, I'm sorry, for wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22, it says, The light of the body is the eye, and therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye is evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. Mm-hmm. So Jesus Jesus says that we can have only one master. We can't serve the riches of this world, and we can't serve him. We've got to pick one. Mm-hmm. And it'll show with the way you spend your money, the way you spend your time, right. um, which are, by the way, all from him. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll show in the way you spend those things where your heart really is. So we, we live in such a materialistic society where many people serve money, and we see that in sports world. We see that in so many other worlds. Um, they spend their life collecting and storing up money only to die and leave it behind. Right. And um, you can't take anything with you. And most of these people's desire for money and um, what it can can buy far outweighs their commitment to God and what he values. Whatever we're going to store up, we will spend much of your time and energy thinking about. So I, I would really encourage everybody not to fall into the materialistic trap because the love of money is the root of all evil, First Timothy 6.10 says. Um, can we honestly say, I want you to think, can you honestly say that God um, and not money is your master? I just want everybody to think about that for a minute. Where is your treasure? Mm-hmm. Where Where is your heart's desire? Is it for the things of this world? Or is it for the things of God in eternal things? Mm-hmm. One of these tests that you can do on yourself um, to find out the answer is whatever occupies more of your thoughts, times, and efforts. That's where your heart probably is. Right. So I, I want to read, Michael, if... Bear with me for a second. I want to read one other scripture in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10. It says, According to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another has built on it. But let every man take heed how he builds upon that foundation. For other foundations can no man lay that is not laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon the foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire will try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work 
abides with what he has built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So you look at the things that we should be building our life on, and really the foundation of what we should be building our life on is Jesus. And if we build our life upon Jesus, whenever it's tried by fire, whenever the enemy comes and attacks us, we'll be able to stand. But if we're building our life on money, if you're building your life on sex, if you're building your life on relationship, if you're building your life on um, drugs or alcohol, if that those are the things that are controlling most of your time, if that's what you're building your life on, mighty is going to be your fall. And the, when you're tried by fire, your works are going to get burnt up. Mm-hmm. But if you're building on the foundation of Jesus, that's eternal rewards that you'll receive. And also, whenever the enemy comes against you, whenever you go through suffering, whenever you go through testing, whenever you go through trials, you'll be able to stand through those tests because you're on a solid foundation. Right. So, I mean, I don't know what more we could say about where your heart is, um, but I think it's something for all of us to consider because we, we look at, you know, baseball players is just one example. Football mm-hmm. players um, get paid a lot and basketball players too. Mm-hmm. But we look at baseball players for just as one example because by and large, baseball players have the biggest salary contracts. Right. And um, that that goes because they play the most games. But, it is a huge discrepancy between what an average person makes and what an athlete makes. Mm-hmm. And they put their shoes on the same way as we do, put their pants on the same way as we do. They right. might be just a little bit more talented in that one area, but we're not paying a violinist that can play the violin really good that kind of money. We're not playing a pianist that can play the piano really good, that kind of money. You know, we're, we're not playing, paying for other talents, but because there's so much interest in those sports. And unfortunately, a lot of people, that's where their heart is. They would rather spend time watching a baseball game or a football game than going to church Mm -hmm. or spending time in the presence of the Lord. And because of that, these players get paid so much money. Right. And so we see so much hurt and so much despair going on in the athlete's world because they're trying to find satisfaction with their money. Mm -hmm. And we, we find time and time again that money doesn't buy happiness. Right. Money doesn't buy love. Mm -hmm. You know, people are going to love you. Because um, you are who you are, not you are what you have. So I mean, it's, it's really important that we focus on building lives that our hearts are treasuring, etern- treasuring eternal things. Right. So, Michael, what's, what's one way that you try to keep your heart um, focused on eternal things? Um, well... A big thing for me is to realize that 
whatever I have can go away just as quickly as I buy it. And so the faster I realize that um, having the newest thing really doesn't matter, then I'm, I'm more satisfied with what I have. And yeah, my iPhone's out of date and they always have a new one coming out what seems like every year or so. And it's like, um, buy that one. It's new. It's the new trend, all that stuff. But yet, mine works perfectly fine. Doesn't yeah. have any scratches. It still has plenty of storage. Um, and it runs just as well as it did when I first bought it. And still, just the norm is oh this is new you need it yeah and so just to well and that's really where consumerism is these days is they're trying to get us to think that we need Mm -hmm. the latest and greatest everything right and um i i had a kid and youth ask me how can i still serve god and fit in with my friends and i had to tell them hey you can't because to live for Christ is to be set apart and to not be with the norm. And yeah, it's it's going to be hard and it's you're going to probably be made fun of. But um, to live for Christ is gain and to live for the world, you're just going to fall. Well, in the way that the kingdom of God is set up is so countercultural to what... <clears throat> we think as Americans, because Americans are all about, you know, me, 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 and Mm -hmm. what I want and what I desire and me first attitudes. But the kingdom of God says that we should pick up our cross and follow Jesus every day. And that means that we should lay our life down for the cause of the kingdom of God. That means our desires, Mm -hmm. our ideas, our plans, our futures are everything we should lay down for the sake of the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean you can't do anything. That just means that you have God in control of it all, mm-hmm. and you're not trying to figure things out on your own. And that only happens through a spiritually disciplined life because you can't go through life laying down everything and relying on God without a relationship with him. That right. would be pretty stupid. Right. So you really have to spend the time in the presence of the Lord, listen to his voice, and whenever you start spending time with him more and more and more, your desires become his desires, and you start wanting less of the things that the world has to offer and mm-hmm. more of the things that the kingdom of God has to, to offer. And slowly but surely, the daily sanctification of our lives makes us more like him and less like this world. And when we when that happens, it's really cool because then our desires start lining up with the Word of God. And um, again, that only happens through a spiritually disciplined life. If we just go to church on Sunday and then do everything, you know, that's very selfish the rest of the week, um, we're not being set apart for one, right. and we're not going to be ones that are laying our lives down. So... Laying your life down, again, is so countercultural to what everybody in um, this, this world, this culture thinks you should do because 
everybody's like, look out for yourself first. But really, the kingdom of God is asking us to forget all that and look out for each other mm-hmm. and love even your enemies and love even the people that hate you and do the things like that that only the Holy Spirit guiding you can help you do. Right. Because those things are really hard, and if you think you can do them on your own, you're just absolutely going to fall flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, one of the things that we talked about this morning in J. Crew was how do you know God exists if he doesn't make himself easily found? Mm, that's a good question. And so one of the things we brought up was if you lose something, it's not gone. It's just misplaced. Yeah. And so what do you do? You look harder. Yeah. And so it's not the fact that God's not there. It's the fact that maybe you're not looking hard enough. Yeah. You know, Michael, I've had so many people come up to me and said, you know, I, I can't hear the voice of God. I don't, I want to be able to hear him and I can't hear him speaking to me. I don't know what his purpose and plan for my life is. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really feel like I'm spinning and spinning. And I really like to hear the voice of God in his direction. And the first thing I ask them is, do you spend time in the word? Right. And they're like, well, I try to, but, you know, I punch out a little devotion every morning, you know, and, um, you know, but but it's really mechanical what they're mm-hmm. doing. It's not a heart thing, and it's not a um, mind, soul, and body put into the whole thing. It's just real mechanical. And when that happens, I mean, you're going to get what you get, what you put into it. Right. But if if you read the Word of God as if the Word of God was written directly for you, and you're talking to him when you're reading the Word of God, because really you are. In John 1, it says the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Right. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus became the Word, and he dwelt amongst us in the flesh. And so if you want to talk to Jesus, get in his Word. Let his Word purify your heart. Let him speak to you mm-hmm. through his Word. And then the Holy Spirit will start giving you revelation of things that you didn't understand before. And then you couple that with some time in prayer and say, God, just show me what it is that you want me to receive from what I just read. Mm -hmm. And maybe you just need to meditate on a scripture that stuck out to you. Maybe you need to read that chapter again the next morning. I I don't know how it works for you, and it's different for everybody. But what I'm trying to say is that's what a relationship with Jesus physically looks like. It's digging into his word seeking him through prayer, and then shutting your mouth and listening. Yeah, and that that was the biggest part for me was when I went in prayer, it was me doing all the talking. And I would always be like, why can't I hear from God when I pray? Why, Why is it like he's never answering me? And then there, there was one time where I was praying, and it felt like someone was shushing me. And I was like, and I, that's, I came to you and I was like, did you say something? You were like, no, I'm doing my prayer time. And so I went back to my room and I was like, I, I just kept praying and I just was like, I just kept hearing shh. And so I was like, all right, well, this, this has got to be God. So I just stopped and just sat there and was like, well, um, 
if you got something to say, say it, because it seems like you're telling you're kind of telling me that I need to be quiet right now. And so I sat there and that was when I was starting to get my calling to do ministry. And at that time, my head was racing because I was trying to find my my way and just trying to find what my calling was. Mm-hmm. And I kept. You were trying to find your treasure. Yeah. And so I was just yapping. And he was like, hey, you're doing all the talking. If you would listen and let me lead you, you'll you'll find your way. And so basically I had I was walking around with a flashlight in my hand, but it wasn't on. Yeah. And I was walking in the dark and I kept bumping in the things. And then God was like, hey, let me turn this flashlight on and let me guide you. Yeah. Well, in John 14, 6 says, Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that no other way to the Father but through him. And so if you want to know your way, it's through Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you want to know where the truth is, it's found in Jesus. And if you want to experience life eternally, and life at its fullest, it only happens through a relationship with Jesus. I know this sounds very repetitive and redundant, but it's so important for it to sink into all of our hearts and all of our minds and let it change us. Because the only way that we're going to treasure the things of the kingdom of God more than the things of this world is if we spend more time in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you quit work and you just sit at home and pray all day. But that does mean that you have to sacrifice some things. You probably have to give up some of your social media life. You have to um, maybe give up some of the life that you spend on TV and just saturating your mind with meaningless things. It might mean that you have to get up earlier in the morning and have less sleep. It's different for everybody. Yeah, Maybe it's instead of staying up all night playing video games, you take that time to pray and go to bed. Yeah, but there, there is that time those moments, those still moments that in the presence of the Lord that he is just waiting to spend with you. And um, are you going to let him? Right. I mean, he's not going to force himself on you. Um, he's just going to wait until you're ready, and he's going to be there. He's knocking at the door of our hearts, just waiting for us to let him in. And he mm-hmm. wants to be our treasure. He wants to be the thing that our heart's consumed with. And... Um, we just have to spend time in his presence for that to happen. Right. I think we should pray and yeah. um, really ask God to change our hearts. Yeah. So, Lord God, we thank you for this time we had. And, Lord, I just pray that everything that was brought up, Lord God, that you would just um, really let it sink in. Lord God, I just pray that um, we wouldn't let the things of the world overcome the things that you have for us. Lord God, I just pray that whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's relationship, Lord God, that we wouldn't put anything ahead of you. Lord God, I just pray that you would be with everybody that's listening, that you would show them what you have for them, that you would... um, be with them and that you would lead them, Lord God. And I just pray for everybody that's listening, wherever they're at, that you will bless them. Lord God, I just thank you for 
everybody that's here, and I thank you for the opportunity to have this podcast. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. And with that, this is going to be a, the end to another episode of Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell. And I'm Mike Kidwell. Thank you for joining us.